Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Okay, so we're talking a lot about trees today because of the, because the Bible does. And we heard that beautiful passage from Jeremiah chapter 17. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him he will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream it does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green and it has no worries in a year of drought and never never fails to bear fruit please note the word confidence because that's what we're going to talk about today Who here would not love to be more confident? Notice where the confidence comes from. It comes from the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Where does a tree get its strength from? Its roots go deep and it gets a constant supply of nourishment from the stream nearby. So too the Christian can live confidently yes even in spite of its of our circumstances confidence literally means to live with faith now look at the gospel lesson today it talks about two ways you can live your life confident in God that is trusting in God to provide everything you need or running after everything else to make you happy. From Luke chapter 6, reading at verse 17. He went down with them and stood on a level place, and a large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Wow, what a sight that must have been. Thank you, Dr. Luke. And he goes on looking at his disciples. So Jesus turns to all these people there, And he looks at his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Then Jesus is looking at you when he says these astonishing words. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man, because of me, Jesus said. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe, woe to you who are rich, For you have already received your comfort. And woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. And woe to you who laugh now, 
for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that's how their fathers treated the false prophets. What is Jesus telling us? Notice the word now. Jesus is warning his disciples. That includes you and me. Be careful about living just for the now. Boy, that's hard today. Because apparently we live in the now generation. And by the way, if you want to know what a culture, where a culture is heading, just listen to its popular music, okay? We're only going to do a little bit of that today, so please bear with me. And if you want to bop your heads, because the beat is good. But watch the words, oh my goodness. Go ahead. There we go. See, you want to bop your head. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> kind of interesting in light of the gospel reading. The point is we can be tempted to live for ourselves, live for only the now and our immediate needs and forget about the two most important things we've been talking about, which are our relationship with our Father and the needs of others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Two greatest commandments God gives us. It's that simple. I'll get on that in just a minute. But first I've got to get rich and feel good about myself before I can start thinking about loving God and my neighbor. The now generation. Let me put it another way. How many... Here, expect to live forever in heaven with Jesus. We do. And if we plan on living forever, then why are we so worried about the here and now? If we know that God is going to provide for our every need from this day forth, even forevermore, why do we live in such a way as to put our trust in other things? Why are we so worried about riches now when we will be rich forever and why are we so worried about satisfying our every need when we have a heavenly father who satisfies us for eternity and why is it so important for us to have a good time now when we're going to have a great time 
for all eternity. Jesus reminds us there are two ways to live. Either you trust in yourself, in humanity, in the things of this world to save you, or you trust in him. You are going to be tempted to lose sight of the goal of your life, what you were created for, which is to bring glory and honor to God and love others. You're going to be tempted to lose sight of that. So what does that have to do with trees? Well, a tree is a symbol of strength and confidence. God wants us to be like a tree that stands strong and bears fruit. Why? Because it is fed and nourished by the stream, the streams of water nearby. And so too, us who are fed and nourished by God's word. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. God wants us to be strong and faithful and confident like a tree. And then this passage too, I love it. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the ways of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree. So how do we live a confident Christian life? Notice the word delight. See that? Notice the word delight. Many people look at the Word of God, the Bible, as a bunch of rules and regulations, requirements. And they see the Christian life as burdensome. The disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, after a long life, of living the Christian life as a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. This is what John says. For this is the love of God, that we obey his commandments, and his commands are not burdensome. Boy, is that absolutely true. If you grew up in a somewhat religion, religious home, you are given maybe some burdens, some rules and requirements. Jesus talked about the Pharisees that put heavy burdens on people, like a kid in school with way too many textbooks in their backpack. I can hardly carry the load. It's too much to bear. Law after law after law, rule after rule after rule, I can't carry it. I can't do this. I'm going to drop something. But if I drop something, then I'm going to go to hell. If I can't keep a commandment, I'm going to go to hell. So I carry the impossible load begrudgingly or drop it and go to hell. What happens is that you will be living a life of fear. 
God will hate you. God will judge you. God will punish you. And we forget that Jesus carried the cross for us. He carried our burdens. Jesus comes along and corrects the religious leaders and says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. False teachers read the Bible and say, Oh, there's rules in there. Thank you, God, for starting that. I'll pick up where you left off and I'll fill in the pieces you left out. Burdensome. Jesus comes along and says, Let me get that burden off you. The Bible says, be perfect. And Jesus says, you can't. I was. All the things you are supposed to do, I've done. I've done in your place. I've done for you. And I'll trade places with you. You get all the perfection and blessing. I get all the condemnation and cursing. That's what Jesus does for us. God, who made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So our confidence comes from our relationship with Jesus. And this is what John is teaching his readers. And I want you to know this. If we are a child of God, not only do we get a new father, not only do we get a new identity as God's children and a new family, brothers and sisters in Christ, we also get a new nature. And you know what that means? At the deepest level, in your new nature, your desires change. They do. So the way Christianity is often falsely explained is, you really want to do something, don't do it, because you'll go to hell. The primary motivation for Christianity is love, not fear. Perfect love casts out fear. If you are born of God, John says, if God is your father and you are a Christian, your desires begin to change. So then when God tells you to do something, it's not a burden, it's a blessing. It's not something you have to do, it's something you get to do. There's a difference. I hope you see that. What false religion does is it takes good things that we get to do and it turns them into bad things that we have to do. You don't have to pray. You get to pray. You don't have to worship. You get to worship. You don't have to read your Bible. You get to read the Bible. That's like someone coming along and saying, you have to eat your dessert. Don't say that, you'll ruin it. <laughs> dessert sells itself. The love of God compels us. 
the love of our Father and our Savior Jesus Christ compels us. You see, if God is your Father, He changes your nature and He gives you two things. And this is where I want to get at, which I think can help you with your confidence. God gives you two things. He gives you the how-to and the want-to. The want-to, I want to do what God says. I do. I delight in the law of the Lord. Yeah, sometimes I struggle with that. But that's why he's given me the how-to. The person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that led and empowered Jesus for this perfect life obedience now has been given to me so that I can follow in the footsteps of my Savior. I can be his disciple. And the same things that happened to Jesus, they might happen to me, but I'm okay with that. If you are a Christian born of God, you have the want to. You want to obey God. That's part of your new nature. And you have the how to. Because God is not telling you to obey him on your own power or ability. He sent the power of the Holy Spirit to obey him on his power. And what this means is that sometimes you will be tempted to sin. But here's what I want you to do. Here's the key to confidence. When you are tempted to simply live for the moment or take the easy way out or live for yourself, go for your deepest desire. If you are a Christian, your deepest desire in your new nature is to obey your heavenly Father that loves you so much. It really is. I met with a woman, this is a long time ago. She was having marital problems. There was no love left in their marriage. There wasn't a love affair, but there was just no respect, no meaningful communication, no real hope. She wanted a divorce. She didn't know what else to do. We talked. And then we prayed. We prayed to the Father because that's what God's children do. They get God in the room and get his advice when they don't know what else to do. And I looked at her and I said, what do you want? She said, I want a divorce. I said, deep down, what do you really want? She said, I really want us to love each other again, and I, I want us to figure this thing out so we can stay together and be in love again. So the temptation is the surface desire, but the obedience is the deepest desire. Paul echoes this at the end of Galatians. And he basically says that sin, our sinful nature, keeps us from doing what we want to do. 
A lot of times we think that sin is doing what you want to do. But I want you to rethink that. Sin keeps you from doing what you want to do at the deepest level. You want, you know what you want. There will be times when you will be tempted to cheat and maybe take the easy way. Don't give in to your weaker desires. Live for your deepest desires, which is to, to love God and love others. There will be times that you will want to turn your back on God. But go for your deepest desires. There will be times that you want to be greedy, not generous. Maybe you want to be a liar instead of a truth teller. Maybe proud instead of humble. Go for your deepest desires. And if God is your father, it is to obey him. In the same way that if a child knows that their father or their mother absolutely, unconditionally, deeply loves them, looks them in the eye with tears in their eyes, looks at you and says, please, I love you. Listen to me. Don't do that. That's bad for you. Every kid knows that's the right thing. And the child of God has the same conviction at the deepest level of their new nature. Human beings are sinners. We are human beings. And we sin by nature and choice. That's so true, and we must never forget that. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we're also redeemed and we're saved and we're called saints. Redeemed by Christ the crucified. Sin is not only who we are, we're also God's children. And as a result, we have a new nature, a new father. We have a new power to live a new life and we can live in victory. So how do we behave then? Everyone who has been born of God overcomes. Here's the confidence stuff. Victory, triumph, man, these are confident words, over the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? The one who believes in Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, it changes where you belong. You want to hang out with God and his people, the Father and the family. And it changes how you behave. Now you want to obey the Father. Now you want to follow in the example of Jesus. And your deepest desires is to become more and more like the one who saves you. Less and less like the world in which you live. And what he is saying is that every person lives in the middle of this absolute war between the world and the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is where Jesus rules and reigns and there's holiness and there's joy and there's life and there's peace and there's freedom. And in the world there's death and there's lies and there's temptation and abuse and grief and strife and division and conflict and hatred and pride. And we're living in the midst of this gigantic battle and there are times you will be tempted to shift your allegiance from Jesus to the world and there, there are times you will be tempted but that doesn't need to happen because you can walk in victory. You can overcome. 
because God lives in you. The Father adopts you, the Spirit fills you, and the desires change, and life is made new. Internally and externally in what you do, and eternally. In light of Jesus' past victory, in light of Jesus' future victory when he returns, when you are tempted, remember where God has planted you, by the streams of his living water. His son, Jesus Christ. Remember where your deepest desires come from. Remember where your strength comes from, from him. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's an old, old, old prayer, but what a great prayer it is. Please pray it with me. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.